everybody. I'm Eric, grateful follower of Jesus Christ who's in recovery for chemical dependency. Good to see you guys. So, first of all, if you missed last week, you missed an amazing testimony by Liz. I figured we'd have some new people with our new semester starting, um, which I know we do have some new people, which is awesome. But Grace is such a, it's like a, it's a standalone teaching. It can apply through everything from step one to step 12. So um, I'm really scripture heavy tonight, which I hope you guys are happy about that. Um, So I hope you're ready for God's word because that's going to be a lot of what we talk about. Um, But I think God gave me some really cool stuff for us to talk about. So that's what we're going to be teaching about tonight. Um, So just kind of to get our mind on that, principle six again is evaluate all my relationships Offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for harm I've done to others, except when to do so would harm them or others. And then step nine is made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. So there are, there are different goal, levels of our goals in recovery that kind of change as we start to when we end or as we continue to grow. You know, when I first started coming to CR, just getting through the next moment of not thinking about drinking uh, was kind of where I was at. It was, you know, survival mode, and that was kind of my goal at the time. Um, And I'm sure some of you know that feeling. Um, As I started to work the steps and embrace the program more, getting to the root of those issues started to be my goal. And that's where I started to work. Then it started to become more about mending uh, relationships, what had been broken in those relationships. And now I've gotten to a place, we all will get to a place, to where our recovery is more about following Christ in all that we do, um, allowing his teachings to model our way. Um, You know, we're no longer in that survival mode anymore. Um, Really implementing principle six, like I read to you, takes one of Jesus's greatest qualities and one of his most promising gifts, and that's grace. So tonight, that's what we're going to revolve everything around. One of the, before I start to, tonight's a really good night to take some notes. So if you got something to write on, at least write down the scriptures. They probably won't be up on the screen because I've got a lot of different scriptures than kind of what's in some of your literature. Um, But one of the key scriptures in Celebrate Recovery is 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And it says, And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Some of you, I'm sure, and usually when I say some of you, I'm just really talking about myself, but trying to make it seem like it's about you, but it's about me. Um, So some of you may have felt shame coming here. Uh, Some of you may have wanted to sneak in, sit in the back, get some tips, get out, not have to connect too much to people. Um... 
Some of you hope that no one will ever find out that you come here. And I understand that, but let me assure you, keep coming and all that kind of stuff starts to change. His grace will do that. So what we once considered weaknesses, which are our hurts, our habits, our hang-ups, the reason that we're here, have now started to be transformed into powerful testimonies of strength and hope. We use the history of our weaknesses to inspire others and to point them to Christ. And they show the power of God and glorify him through those things. And those transformations would be nothing without grace. So I want to go through the acrostic, our lovely acrostic uh, that we always try to do. Um, But I'm just going to try to build on those a little bit more as we go through them. Um, So it's going to be using the word grace. And the G in grace is for God's gift. Not the Drake song for any of you young guys. Um, The definition of a gift is something given willingly without payment. So grace is a gift and it cannot be bought. But even more importantly, because we've learned that before, but what we don't say a lot of times is that God's grace cannot be lost either. Can't be bought, but it can't be lost. Nothing in your past has separated you from the willingness for God to give you grace. To to apply this to to the principle that we're talking about, offering our amends to others with no expectation of receiving anything back in return is the gift of grace. We're offering grace to someone in that moment. So Romans 3.24 says, And all need to be made right with God by his grace, which is a free gift. They need to be made free from sin through Jesus Christ. So notice what that scripture says. Made right with God by his grace. It doesn't say made right by God by never doing anything wrong. It doesn't say made right by God by living in punishment for the past sins that you've committed. In fact, the very verse before that says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So right there, it's telling us that we are already going to be there. That is expected of us. God knows we absolutely need his grace. He knows that because without it, we fall short. See, when our relationship with God is dependent on being perfect, which I have lived before. I feel like I've been in that place a lot. When your relationship with God is dependent always on trying to be perfect and not make mistakes, we have a very difficult time going to him daily because then we start to go to him out of shame, out of fear. And I I remember I used to come to church and I'd feel so convicted when I came here. I, I remember crying when I heard certain songs, and I try to hide that. Um, and most of the time, when that first started, I was here hungover. I was in a place that I was hoping that I could get out of somehow, and I was hoping that just something magical would happen when I would show up here. But I felt so convicted when I was here. Um, and the crying that I talked about, it's not, not a joyful cry. It was the type of crying you do when you feel that you aren't worthy of anything good. 
And I did that because I was focused on the fact of how many mistakes I had recently made, and I felt there was not a chance that I was going to be forgiven. So my relationship with God was a head-hanging, regret-filled relationship. And if you're like that now, I want you to know that God doesn't want that for you. That's not his hope for our relationship with him. His unending grace and love is enough to empower you to go to him joyously and thankfully when we go to him. So instead of always lowering your head, you can look up to him. Look up to him with praise for what he's freed you from, what he's slowly freeing you from, the miracles that he's doing slowly that we don't recognize or that we take for granted. So the R in grace stands for received by our faith. Received by our faith. Ephesians 2, 8 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Then another scripture, Philippians 3.9 says, No longer counting on being saved by being good enough or by obeying God's laws, but by trusting Christ to save me. Let me read that again. No longer counting on being saved by being good enough or by obeying God's laws, but by trusting Christ to save us. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith, counting on Christ alone. For so long, our toxic behaviors, my toxic behaviors, have been under a microscope. The, all the mistakes that we were making are, were in front of everyone in our lives. Even when we were trying to hide it, when I was trying to hide my active addiction, I was the problem in every relationship. And everything I did was under a microscope. We have been the addict, the alcoholic, the cheater, the liar, the thief, the criminal, the problem, the weak link, the black sheep. We've been all of those things. I have been all of those things. That time in our lives have shaped how we now navigate and even how we interact with God. We stay so interested in what we do, but know that God is more interested in what we are, okay? The next letter is A, which stands for accepted by God's love. So Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were sinners, God demonstrates, demonstrates his own love for us. And that's when Christ died for us and why he died for us. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So while you and I were in the deepest part of our sins, and even if you're still there right now, God is loving you. God was loving us. God will continue to love us in that moment right where you are. 
He knows our failures, and he loves us anyways. So in turn, what we are urged to do is to love others like God loves us and to forgive others like he forgives us. And that's how we can return that grace that we're accepting from him. So the C in grace stands for Christ paid the price. Another scripture. I told you I was giving you a lot of scripture tonight. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In Christ we are set free by the blood of his death, and so we have forgiveness of sins. How rich is God's grace? So all our sins, our wrongs, are forgiven through his sacrifice. Now we know we can never equally repay him for the price he paid for us, but we also need to know that he doesn't expect us to. What he does ask for us is our acceptance for what he's done and faith in what he promises us. It's not about repaying him by works. It's about the faith that we give him and the understanding of what he's done for us. As we live in those truths, we begin to strive to live in a way that Jesus modeled for us when, we, when he walked the earth. Truth and love and forgiveness are a great start to all of that. So our last letter is E, which stands for everlasting gift. There, there's no expiration date on God's gift of grace. It's forever. And when you start to live that truth, you walk with more strength. You need, or you start to feel as if the stresses of the world that once kind of weighed you down are now turned to moments to draw you closer to God, which in turn has you feeling more powerful in his loving responses as he blesses you. You are meant for more than what brought you here. Right? You are meant for more than what brought you here. Powerlessness used to bring you here, but miracles are what will have you staying here. And those happen. They'll still happen. So remember that. And if it hasn't happened for you, keep coming. Stay for the miracle. Tom always says that. Come until the miracle happens, because it will happen. There's a, there's a really cool scripture in First uh, Peter. First Peter 2, 9 through 10. I want to read it for you, and then I'll, I'm going to go back and read it again. So be patient with me here. So kind of soak this in for a second. For you have been chosen by God himself. You are priests of the king. You are holy and pure. You are God's very own. All this so that you may show to others how God called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were less than nothing, now you are God's own. Once you knew very little of God's kindness, now your very lives have been changed by it. The reason why I say I want to read it to you again is we forget a lot of times that the words that God has put into Scripture are to us right now. You hear people talk about 
the living word. It is continuously changing without changing. It applies to you every day in a different way. That's why it's so beautiful. But these words are for us. They weren't for one specific person at that one specific time. And so I want you to think about him talking to you and understand how powerful that is. The yous that are in this, make that your name. Understand that that is for you. For you, Jordan, have been chosen by God himself. Nick, you're a priest of the king. Liz, you are holy and pure. You are God's very own. All this so that you, Kim, may show to others how God called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once, Bill, you were less than nothing, but now, Bill, you are God's own. Once, you knew very little of God's kindness. Now, your very lives have been changed by it. Isn't that powerful? And that, the, all of the scripture is like that. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it speaks directly to our hearts. Sometimes we just have to slow down. Slow down and not just realize that it's a, a, a meditation, a devotion for the day that we've got to hurry up and get through because we said we'd do it. But really, it's not about studying all the time. I know that sounds like a lot to study God's word, and, and that's great that we do that, but it's not always about that. Sometimes you just need to realize that God's talking to you directly. And he wants you to interact with him still. You know what I'm saying? So I know this hasn't been that long, or maybe it's felt like it's really long. I don't know, but I'm getting ready to wrap up. Um, hit him hard punch real quick, right? That's what I'm trying to do. Um, but just the last thing, just to close out, and it's very simple, but I just want you to realize this. My sobriety, your sobriety, your freedom from what you've came here for is a product of God's grace. Anything good that I have mustered up, that I have found the strength, that I have walked blindlessly into, any of those good things that I have somehow managed is direct, a direct product of God's grace, not, not me, not my own doing, or God's grace through somebody else that put that person in my life in front of me. This group slowly builds every week, and sometimes people fall off and then they come back. But just know God's grace is working through so many people in this room, and it's such a beautiful and powerful thing, and sometimes we forget about it because it's hard to, after a long day of work or searching for a job or dealing with your kids to show up here sometimes. But know that our willingness just to be here and give someone that we may not know or someone that we know that needs it grace, that's what he's calling us to do, and that's where the beautiful things start to happen. So it's, it's, he's given us power to be able to do it. We just have to show up, you know? So that's all I got. Let's, um, let me pray us out real quick, and then we'll pray again with the serenity prayer. But let me say a prayer for us. Father God, thank you. Thank you for just the scripture that you put in front of me. Um, Lord, I hope that it 
made its way to somebody's heart tonight. If just one person uh, grows closer to you than, than it meant something tonight. Um, Lord, I just thank you for the people in this room, the family that we have here. Um, and I just ask that you bless us. Bless our discussions. Um, and just show there's someone in this room tonight that, that just needs to know that you hear them. So, Lord, I just ask that, that you show them that you hear them. Show up for them in a, in a, in a beautiful way that they can't believe. So we thank you. We love you. With all of our hearts.